What an exhilarating game the Holiday Bowl was, and Carolina fought so well as one of the biggest underdogs of the entire bowl season, but ultimately fell short to Oregon 28-27, and they end their season on a four-game losing streak. Hey, but good news. An hour before kickoff, the basketball team got a commitment from an elite point guard in the class of 24. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, December 29th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making us your first listener watch of the day to get the best Tar Heels content every single day. Hey, also, look at this fun background behind me. I'm at my in-laws' house. I promise you, I know it looks fake if you're if you're watching the show, but I'm literally touching this tree right now. This stocking has my name on it. It says Isaac. Pretty rad. I know it looks fake. I know it looks like a green screen, but I promise you, it's real. Don't you love it? Anyway, as I said, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Elliot Cadeau, a point guard in the class of 2024, announced his commitment just before the football game on Wednesday night, and it was good news for the Heels. Of course, I'm going to give you my shady stat of the game from the Holiday Bowl. Three plays of the game, but first, one big thing, and it's this. Win or lose the game, and they lost it. I was so proud of Mac Brown's football team in their final game of the 2022 season. Listen, I know it sucks to end on a four-game losing streak. I know you should have beaten Georgia Tech. You should have beaten NC State. And then you feel a whole lot differently. You'd love to have beaten Clemson um, and, and Oregon. And you might not have even been playing Oregon if you won some of those games. But, man... What a fun ride it was. Um, So many close, exhilarating games. I know there's a lot to change. I know the the defense has to improve. There's clearly now issues with the offense as well. But I was just so proud of this team and the way they fought on Wednesday night, legitimately. Uh, By the time it was all said and done, the the line was 14 and a half. They might have moved into being the biggest underdog the entire bowl season. But if not, they were one of the biggest underdogs. And to be there and to do what they did and have this, I mean, they had a 10-point lead with seven minutes left. It stinks that they couldn't hold on to it. But it was awesome that they had it, you know. Um, And part part of what made it so intriguing was that this wasn't a vintage offensive performance from Drake May or the offense, similar to what we saw the first two-thirds of the season. Um, I mean, he finishes Drake himself with just 206 passing yards, his second lowest total of the season. And despite having three first half touchdowns, it, it didn't have the same effortless feel of the first two thirds of the season. Right. You know, like I, I know that KB, Kobe, KB, Kobe Pacer one was just one play strike and, and it was a beautiful play. The, um, you know. But but the drives felt more labored, right? It wasn't it wasn't as easy for Drake May, and that's part of what made it so engaging and intriguing. And Drake May finishes tied with Sam Howe for the most passing touchdowns in a single season in Carolina history. 
he ties the Carolina Bowl record for most passing touchdowns in a single game, and he he didn't even throw any in the second half. Just just wild. It, again, not how you would hope or want to end this season. But man, I was proud of this depleted team for stepping up. I mean, the the defense has been absolutely ravaged this season by injury and now by transfer. But guess what? Three teams held Oregon under 30 points this year. One of them is your probable back-to-back national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, whose defense is insane. The other is Utah, who was ranked 10th at the time of that game. And the other is the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah, that defense was one of just three teams to hold Oregon under 30 points this season. Because, of course, just as we all expected in a bowl game between North Carolina and Oregon this season, uh, the first points of the second half didn't come until like 9-13 left in the fourth quarter. And, and like, come on. like that, All of that just made the game better. The fact that, that both defenses rose to the occasion, um, I, I just loved to see it more for the Tar Heels that made me proud of them guys once again stepping in and stepping up as they've done all season long for Drake May you had no Josh Downs in this game found out just a little bit before kickoff there would be no Antoine Green in the game but Kobe Paceward did what he did earlier in the season when Downs was out it was almost like he he performed infinitely better when he mentally knew like Downs was just out right because I felt like he performed at a higher level in in the App State and Georgia State games than other games this season. And once again on Wednesday night, seven catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Bryson Nesbitt, someone I expected in the absence of Josh Downs to step in and do some big things. Uh, it wasn't a massive performance, but three for 37 and a touchdown. And then as hoped for, and as I had mentioned to several people, Andre Green Jr., the freshman, steps in three for 26 and the first touchdown of the game. Would love to have seen him be um, a little more involved, um, but, you know, I, I know they're still working him in and and uh, next year will be his year to begin showing out. We're just beginning to see glimpses of what Andre Green Jr. can do. And as we've seen in recent days, Carolina is getting some help in the transfer portal at receiver as well. So ultimately, were they were there mistakes? Yes. You know, uh, a couple plays down the stretch that kind of helped doom the Tar Heels, unfortunately, were couple DBs not getting their heads turned around. Legend Cavazos, um, you know, just kind of <laughs> ran into the receiver who honestly, I thought Carolina was getting held on the play back at the line, but whatever. Um, the other one on DeAndre Boykins there in the end zone. I mean, it was, I, I was shocked that a flag was thrown. I get it upon a slower review, but if he had simply got his head turned around, he's not called for DPI on that, whatever. Um, there were some clock management issues I would have liked to have seen handled differently on Carolina's final drive. Uh, they ultimately settled for a field goal anyway, so why not um, go for a, you know, they, they went for that bomb on second down to try to put the game away. And I get that. It's a bowl game, whatever, you know, like what do you do? But um, if you go for a more certain pass there or run the ball, it keeps the clock running or forces Oregon to take timeouts. And then who knows what that does on Oregon's final drive. Um, so j- just all that, a-, a couple clock management things. So were there mistakes? Yes. Was it absolutely agonizing to lose again? Yes. 
but but it's been that kind of agony all season. It's just several games earlier in the year, Carolina made the plays they needed to. These last four, particularly Georgia Tech, NC State, and Oregon, they haven't, right? The, Josh Downs not catching that touchdown against Georgia Tech, um, not being able to stop Oregon on fourth and two um, tonight or on, on Wednesday night, just those kind of things. Um, it, it's just, and then the agony of the doink, <laughs> like uh, Oregon ties it up. And then on the point after the kicker hits the upright and it just barely slides through in, you don't get that. You're going to overtime. You, you got to love a, a Drake may Bo Nix overtime, right? How fun would that be? Um, I, I'd also, in, in terms of that agony, I'd love to see a, a goal line um, review of Oregon's last touchdown. I'm still not convinced that his knee wasn't down before he got across, right? Now, even if they reviewed it and it's not a touchdown, they've got time on the clock and timeouts to burn, so they probably punch it in, but you never know, right? Um, and ultimately, you know, I, I know we're talking about how in, in this one big takeaway, how proud we are of this team. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Would you share those? Like, just drop in some comments uh, if you're watching on YouTube about how proud you are of what this team has done this season. I know there there's things to nitpick, whatever. What a fun ride, right? Um, and so all told, yeah, it's a four game losing losing streak to end the season. Heels go from nine and one to nine and five when they could have been. 11 and three or 12 and two, maybe even. Um, and they're going to retool ahead of next season. Um, bring back a lot, lose a lot, bring back some new pieces, some freshman pieces, but seriously, what a year. What can you honestly have told yourself you expected a nine win season? I can't, I can't say that with a straight face. Um, it's been a blast and I can't wait to see what happens in the fall of 2023. Well, uh, more to unpack about this game as we always do after football games. I want to give you my three plays of the game and I want to give you my shady stat of that game of the game. All of that coming up in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet online your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season and basketball they've got it all at bet online so make sure you check out the line for tomorrow's carolina basketball game at pit they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fix so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action bet online where the game starts. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only we at Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. All right, three plays of the game. The first one is the biggest, perhaps no-brainer of the entire season. It's Power Ackles. Power Eccles interception just a little bit before halftime. And I want to talk about that both because the play itself was absolutely insane, but but what it meant for Carolina at that point in the game. So uh, if you didn't see this play, seriously, please go back and watch it. It hits the Oregon um, intended receiver's right hand, rolls down said Gray's leg, as Power Eccles is going down to grab it, he accidentally kicks it with his foot. I know there was some discussion of was it intentional. I'd I don't think it was, 
um, and then is able to snag it out of the air just before it hits the ground and then gets a nice return out of it. And then one play later, Kobe Pesor is in the end zone. Now, the play itself is just, I mean, it's so fun, so ridiculous, something I'm going to go back and watch a lot. If you didn't get to see it, I've got it um, posted on my Twitter from Wednesday night. But um, in terms of what it did for Carolina, at that point, Oregon, game's tied at 14. Oregon is on the Carolina 16 when that play starts, getting some kind of points heading into halftime and, and therefore likely a lead. But they make this play, get this interception. As I said, one play later, Kobe Pesor is in the end zone. They stop the Tar Heels, do stop Oregon from getting any cheap points on the board before halftime and take a 21-14 lead into the half. And then coming out of the half, Oregon gets the ball back and North Carolina forces a three and out. And you're feeling like, man, Heels got all this momentum. Here comes Drake May about to do something. But then, as we know, it was a scoreless third quarter, and uh, that was that. But um, what that single play did, which honestly might be the play of the year for the Tar Heels, um, was fantastic. Number two, we talked about Andre Green Jr. and his touchdown just a little bit ago. I want to use that as our second play of the game for this one. I know that it's, you know, it wasn't really anything all that beautiful. Although it was a really nice pitch and catch between Drake May and Andre Green. It was a great catch in traffic, a really nice throw by Drake May. But the reason I want to point it out is because of the green of it, catching the ball, the May of it, making that pass. Um, and I think, not I think, it is a, it is a re, remember that play. Um, capture it in your mind's eye and think about it this offseason because it is something that you're going to begin to see a lot next year. You know, you lose Josh Downs in the slot. I believe that'll be Kobe Pesor. You'll lose Antoine Green out wide. I believe that'll be Andre Green stepping into that. And so I, I picked that play because it was beautiful from both those guys, but also because it is a sign of things to come in the in the months ahead. And then the number three play is kind of two plays. Um, uh, ben Kiernan had done a phenomenal job with his punt and the, the Tar Heels coverage team was able to pin the ball inside the one yard line. Um, Oregon got a little bit of yardage and just needed, I believe it got to third and one in inside their own 20. And um, here comes said, said gray, just busting through the line um, for a tackle for loss, massive play forces a punt. Carolina is going to get the ball back probably in great field position with an opportunity to score. Unfortunately, as we know, there was just a weird snafu with um, George Petaway not, not reporting his different Jersey. And so Oregon was awarded the yardage, which gave them the first down and they had to redo it. Well, here comes said gray again on third down, tipping a pass and getting Carolina off the field. And so the, the, I just want to point it out because the dude was everywhere in this game. It, it wasn't that he had um, an absurd amount of tackles. I believe he had eight total overall. And we look back at the difference, defensive numbers was tied with Marcus Allen, eight total tackles, which by the way, way to go Marcus Allen. I know there's some freshman mistakes in there, but whatever. Um, six solo tackles for both those guys um, for said Gray and Marcus Allen. And so um, just love one of your your defensive heart and soul doing those kind of things that said gray did in this game he was everywhere and by the way while we're mentioning both cedric gray and power echoes this is not the shady stat of the game but since we've just talked about them both um, power echoes had five tackles 
on Wednesday night in the game. And so that puts him over a hundred. So that means that he and Sedgray become the first duo of Tar Heel defenders in quite some time to have each reached triple digits in tackles on the season. Very well done, fellas. Uh, another big year ahead for those Tar Heel linebackers, and hopefully the guys in front of and behind them can stay healthy in 2023. But that does move us on to the shady stat of the game. And I want to use this because it's just a, a number that speaks to the Mac Brown of it all in this season. In the game, Carolina was four for four on fourth downs, a perfect four for four on fourth downs. And I know um, those probably stand out bigger and larger if Carolina is able to hang on to their lead and win this game. And they don't, so it, it um, mitigates um, that a little bit. But I, I just love what it says about Mac Brown's willingness to continue to try to evolve and, and become a better coach, more learned coach, use analytics to help make decisions. And I think it has secured Carolina infinitely more points than otherwise they would have and kept drives alive. I know there's been times where it's cost them potential points on a field goal or something like that. Um, and that's going to happen. But on the season, the Tar Heels are 25 for 35 on fourth down conversions, a cool 71.4%. Um, and so to go for it that many times and to have that higher percentage, I'm all in, man. Keep going, Mac Brown. That is your shady stat of the game and really a shady summary stat of the 22 season. Well, coming up, we switch from football to basketball and we welcome Elliot Cadeau as the newest member of the Tar Heels, a class of 2024 guard. What do you need to know about him? I'll tell you all about that in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, which turns into a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people scatters, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you'll be fine. You live close. And besides, you, you know you can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your license goes up. Uh, your, your insurance goes up. Excuse me. You, you lose your license. Or you lose your job. Maybe you total your car or worst of all, you kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. But for some reason, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our road to help save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, folks. On a on a day where we're kind of kind of down and, and bummed because of the loss in the Holiday Bowl, uh, we do get to celebrate with the Tar Heel basketball team, who's um, preparing to kick back off um, post Christmas action tomorrow against pit um so obviously we will have our pregame prep for that on tomorrow's show make sure you tune in but um as for elliot cadeau he committed to carolina like i said about an hour before kickoff of the holiday bowl we're going to do a more full recap and breakdown of him next week but i want to go ahead and get the ball rolling so you can uh to whet your appetite on elliot cadeau and what he'll bring um and so um he is playing in a holiday tournament, was just about to tip off his game. 
Um, but before they did so, he came on to 247 Sports, flanked by his parents and his brother to announce his commitment. He chooses the Tar Heels, Cadeau does, over Kansas, over Louisville, Texas, Texas Tech, um, and, and Syracuse. And so um, this is one of those where there had been some Tar Heel momentum, some crystal balls. I was hearing things inside that sounded positive, but you just never know until the hat goes on or the jacket's unzipped or whatever it may be. And so this is great news. The second player now in the class of 2024 for North Carolina, he joins Drake Powell. Um, Elliot Cadeau, this is great. He is a true pure, honest to goodness point guard, like the, the guy you want when you think about a true um, good old point guard. Um, number eight overall player at 247 Sports, the number one point guard. Um, a little bit smaller than Caleb Love, but a little bit bigger than RJ Davis. He's 6'1", 165. Um, obviously, will probably continue to grow muscle and other things. He comes from West Orange, New Jersey, but he plays his basketball for uh, his high school basketball at Link Academy down in Branson, Missouri. If you've never been there, don't. Okay, great. Glad you heard that from me. Um, but it's pretty cool, though, because Branson is my neck of the woods. It's about an hour south of me, and so um, I need to make some plans to go down and see Mr. Cadeau play uh, this season. So as I said, joins Drake Powell as the second player in Carolina's class of 24. And he made a bold, bold statement um, in his remarks after his commitment. He says, I'll be contributing my freshman year as a starter on the team. And so it's like, all right, bro, you do you love the confidence. Got to come in and prove it, though. Um, the, the good of Cadeau, as I said, true, pure point guard. And um, you love to have that type of playmaker on your team. Um, that is fantastic. He's a guy that just cares about winning. I don't, I don't care about if you get the points or I get the points or, or whatever it is. I want to do things that make my basketball team win. That's a guy I want um, playing with me and for me. Um, he is a playmaker, but he is also a high-level scorer. But, but it's just that he's so unselfish. He's got this great court vision, and, and that's more what sets him a point uh, excuse me, apart from all of their point <laughs> guards. And so um, a, a great player that Hubert Davis is getting in Elliott Cadeau for the class of 24, um, whose goal is to be a one and done player. He's explicitly ex uh, stated that. And so we will watch to see how that plays out in his potentially one year in Chapel Hill. Now, when exactly that will be remains to be seen. There have been rumblings of him committing in the class of 23, reclassifying and bumping up a class. Um, frankly, for me, given, given the fact that he's chosen North Carolina, I think a reclass would be unwise of him. The, Think ahead, folks, to how crowded the backcourt is going to be next year. I'm assuming Caleb Love leaves. But I'm assuming R.J. Davis comes back at this point. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see on all that. Um, Seth Trimble is uber talented and has popped on some draft boards, but I don't think he will leave. I think he needs to come back for another year. It just depends on if he thinks he needs to come back for another year. Uh, DeMarco Dunn will be back in the fold. And so if Cadeau comes in, let's not forget, Caroline is also getting Simeon Wilcher in the class of 23. And so it is going to be a loaded backcourt, even without Elliot Cadeau. And let me just tell you, Simeon Wilcher is going to be playing um, and probably playing quite a bit. And so um, it seems wise 
that Cadeau would wait and stay in his original class of 24 and come then. Um, now, as to him personally, he's still undecided. This is kind of how he talks about it. Um, he said, quote, the main aspects on my decision will be the roster, that decision being whether to reclassify. If there's an open spot on the roster, then I might take that opportunity to reclassify up if I think it's right for me, end quote. Um, I just feel like more often than not, this doesn't go well um, when you see players come in early and do this. Sometimes it does, and, and it goes really well, but more often than not, I just feel like it doesn't. And so um, for Elliot Cadeau's sake, for the longevity of Carolina, man, just elite point guard after elite guard now. And and you just love to see it. But for the sake of the program and, and extending it, would love to see him come and stay in 24. But, man, you just think about these guys. Carolina's been getting these guards. You, you know, you just it, it's insane. And, and it continues even in more recent years. Cole Anthony and uh, Kobe White, Kobe uh, just so good at Carolina in that one year. Really wish they could have had him a second year. And now, um, and Caleb Love, RJ Davis, um, Seth Trimble's here. You get Simeon Wiltshire next year. Now you find out you're going to get um, Elliot, Elliot uh, Cadeau that next year. Man, it's just really neat to see what Hubert Davis is continuing to do on the recruiting trail. Um, and you know what? Maybe, maybe part of it is he wants to go to a full three guard, legit three guard lineup, maybe even four. If you've got some taller guards, um, kind of like what Baylor does and it, it works for them. We've, we've seen that as, as Pac Kilby and I talked about on Wednesday, we've seen that firsthand how, uh, that, that Baylor three guard lineup can be really disruptive and cause all sorts of problems. And so maybe that's what Hubert Davis wants to do. We'll have to wait and see on what Elliot Cadeau ultimately decides to do, but he is a Tar Heel. He's going to be a Tar Heel and very excited for that. As I said, we'll break that down more with um, Jason Jordan next week when he is on the show. Can't wait for that. But as for today, that is the end of our episode. Coming up tomorrow, as I said, we will preview Carolina's game against Pittsburgh on Friday, and I'm going to have my heel of the week and my heel of the week for you. So make sure you tune in to that. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. If you don't know how to spell it, hopefully you're watching and you can see it right down there on the screen. Um, you can email the show locked on tar heels at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you there. And also for your next listen, make sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever else you get podcasts. Please do not forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, leave comments on your thoughts on the bowl game or on Elliot Cadeau's commitment. Would love to hear from you there. Really appreciate you hanging out with me on your Thursday, talking Carolina sports. It's always great to get to chat, and it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, right? You know it. Until tomorrow, peace. Peace.